Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fresh Ones podcast, where we soak both our ideas and our contact lenses in progressive solution. Uh, I'm I'm the host, Charlotte Harrington, and I'm here with today's co-host... Nate Harrington, her brother. My other brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a little bit of information about us. Um, I am a cis, lesbian, 12-year-old woman, and I go by she, her pronouns. I am also white. And then, I mm-hmm. am a straight white male, cisgender, <laughs> and I have he, him pronouns. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. And I am 18 years old, just right. graduated high school. Uh-huh. Okay. So, as almost everybody living in America, or even in other places in the world, knows by now, the Black Lives Matter movement has, like, recently picked up, and there's been a lot of protests recently, and, um, looking at this, um, Nate knows a lot about history and stuff. He's really interested in that kind of I stuff. A little. I'm, well, I mean, obviously a lot more than I do. Um. Maybe. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have, you know, looked at it and talked about the similarities between right now and the civil rights movement, which happened a while ago. What, like, what would you say year to year? Was the... Yeah, well, the civil rights is one example, but I was I'm thinking there's a lot of things today that we can sort of look back throughout American history and world history to see parallels between whether it's race relations and civil rights fights, whether it's uh, authoritarian leaders and mm-hmm. um, what we're going through with you know our president right now. So right, um, if we want to start with civil rights and black lives matter movement well very similar in the sense of it's a very grass it was very grassroots but it has a little bit of sort of organization at the top with the black lives matter because you have black lives matter but then you also have a ton a ton of people who are you know signing petitions and getting the word out and supporting them you know what i mean it's not the black lives matter movement that's really well, the, the spearheading movement- it i'd say well, the movement is everybody who is, like, supporting it and, like, is part of it and actively... Yeah, there is no leader of the Black against... Lives Matter, really. Right. Like there was in the Civil Rights era when you had people like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, who were sort of symbols of the leaders of this movement. But now there's less... It's, it's less centralized than that. It's a lot mm-hmm. or it's a lot more... It's generally just, like, black people. people. I mean, any people, but just, like, specifically black people who are leading the movement, you could yeah. say. Yeah, and I'm I'm just yeah. It's, there's less. There isn't like, oh, like, who who's gonna speak for the Black Lives Matter movement? It's like there isn't just one person. There's a ton of people who speak all right. their truths. Exactly. And there's there was multiple people back in the civil rights era, but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot more centralized around Martin Luther King, and I think a lot of that has to do with the internet because right, and it, also it gives a like, voice to everyone that can with, be actually heard. With that, like now there really can't be a specific leader. Like you can't pick out the people who are doing those because there's people who have bigger platforms so they look like they're leaders and that they're doing more but there are a lot of people who don't have as big of platforms or aren't really mm-hmm. out there in the world or as well known who like are doing just as much but aren't recognized because they don't have that kind of platform so it would yeah. be hard to like you know identify a leader or like yeah people who are leading. and today there's a lot i mean even those people are talking about that have a platform like they wouldn't have probably had a platform Back in the '60s, when this, when the other civil rights, the first, not the first, but the first under that name civil rights movement, 
right. um, took place. Because back then, there was no internet. There was no way, if you were a normal person, to just sort of get your voice out there other than, you know, rally and speak with people. And people did that. Um, but one thing that I think is a little different, or one one advantage I see to not having a leader like that is that it's, a, it's, a, it's much harder to target and silence a movement when there isn't one person mm-hmm. sort of leading it. Like, you know, Martin Luther King yeah, got totally. killed. Right. Um, and so, you know, in a lot, you know, Rosa Parks, all these people where they get, they get thrown in jail, try to, you know, try to silence them and try to, like, get rid of their dissenting opinion. But it's much harder to do that now with the internet when you have hundreds of thousands and, or millions of people that are um, speaking out all around the world and all around America. It's much harder to, you know, silence all those people. Exactly. If you're in power. Can't get so, all of us. Yeah, you're right. And so that's why this... Well, we can get into later what we think is going to happen but um, in the future. But, um, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of some differences between now and then. I'm thinking one thing it's that's different... Aside, aside from Aside from leaders. the decentralization today. Uh-huh. I believe... I don't, I don't really know what's going on today in terms of, like legal battles but i believe that there was a lot it was a lot more focused on the courts in the 60s and 70s when you're talking about um gay rights or you're talking about civil rights i mean it's all civil rights but you're talking about racial civil rights versus against them no i'm saying there's a lot there's a lot more the way that they went about it back then was a lot more was a lot more try to get laws changed and try to get the court to decide things versus today it's a lot more of like change public opinion but public opinion informs it i mean people didn't really people didn't really rally around the civil rights movement until they started seeing it on the tv because the news people mm-hmm. the media started reporting on what was going on in montgomery with martin luther king all those people selma all these different towns on there where all these and then where you just see these brutal police beatings and fire hosing people and sicking dogs on protesters uh-huh. that's what really turned the tide for a lot of people to be like we should really stop this and we should get involved and same, the same thing happened with the Vietnam War people didn't really know it was a bad war until we, they started watching it every day on their TV and that really changed a lot of people's minds to like really understand what war is it's the same sort of thing it's, um, you know, the lack of internet back then sort of created like a sort of not only did it create like a lack of um, like being able to you know on a widespread level create consensus and like talk amongst millions of people it also created this sort of lack of ability for people outside the movement to see what's going on. Like today, mm-hmm. when I go on my Instagram, every story that's on the top of my thing is, or pretty much every story has to do with some social issue, some in-depth explanation, multi-slide thing that explains things. But back then, you know, you'd get your newspaper, you would get like basic TV and radio, but that's it. There was no internet, there was no secondhand research, there wasn't right. small... Um, you know, it wasn't people, individual people who were taking it upon themselves to report the news and stuff. And so now we have a lot clearer sight as to what was going on with that. And it's a lot more based on individual efforts and, you know, trying to group up and become a, not, you know, not group up like with a leader, but more just like trying to rally everyone's efforts together, which is much easier to do now than back then. And yeah, so that's one difference that I'm seeing. And, And instead of just trying to get lawyers to go in behind closed doors in a court and try to win something. Mm-hmm. It's less about that because the right. laws are less obviously egre- egregiously 
uh, it, unequal. So, mm-hmm. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, so again, like coming back to the internet and like the influence of people who have bigger platforms, like, um, there. I guess in a, like because of the internet and mm-hmm. that there's like an easier way to get the message across, mm-hmm. like easier to get more people involved, even like little ways, like yep. not protesting and like fighting people and you know throwing tear gas back at cops, like nothing, or I mean including that obviously, but like not always that, like there's more ways now for people like via online or via the internet to you know, help out and to make a change and make a difference, which is mm-hmm. ultimately leading to more people, um, you know, a, being a part of the movement, which is going to help us make a bigger change, which is definitely good. Yes. And uh, getting more people to be a part of the movement sort of ties into what I'm saying, where it's like people back then didn't have much information. And, you know, it's sort of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not just like everyone back then had no clue what was going on. And they, they a lot of people were complicit or, you know, active members of discriminating and upholding terrible laws against minorities but a lot of people really didn't have much idea the same thing happened with the original abolition movement of slavery mm-hmm. was back then i mean like it would take you a week to get from here to the south it's like so you wouldn't you know what i mean you never went there like it's not like there's planes or cars there was wagons <laughs> you basically walk right. your way there so like you wouldn't get too much information from those people you wouldn't see too much like um so what happened back then is a lot of people would try to convince, or like the southern leaders who were trying to keep slavery in power, would try to would make this myth called the happy slave myth, which was like, the slaves are treated fine, and because, you know, they, they would tell them they're inferior people, and we're, you know, without us, they would be living in the jungle in Africa, but instead we give them a house and shelter and all we ask for is a little bit of work, right? That was like the the, the BS. Bit. I know. Obviously, it's we know that's not the case, but that's what they would tell people in the North. And so there was a good group of people, there's a large group of people, not a good group of people, a large group of people, an ignorant group of people who would just be like, all right, or they wouldn't really understand, you know what I mean? It was very hard to get accurate information back then. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Right. And, um, also, not totally, but back then it was a lot more a black people versus white people or people of color versus white people thing, because that's, like, that was sort of the, like, the dynamic and the split of racism. Mm -hmm. But now, you see, another reason why we have more people as a part of the movement is because it's less of a, I mean, it's always been a racist versus anti-racist Fight, but there's more white people a part of the group of anti-racists. Yeah, there's a lot larger group of, like, in the middle, not really understanding. But, but my point, before I got this text, which I'm going to have to, my friend's dropping something off to me. I'm going to have to grab it. But okay. I'll, I'll be back in, like, a minute when, when it happens. But, um, basically, um, back then, one of the first real sort of causes of, uh, northerners trying to get involved in getting rid of slavery was this book, Frederick, like I was telling you who Frederick Douglass was before we started. Frederick Douglass and um, other people like him who were slaves and then were freed and then learned how to, you know, learned how to read and write, which, mm-hmm. well, they wouldn't teach slaves back then. They, they might have learned, I forget, I think 
Patrocus learned in secret, or maybe he learned after he left, he learned basically in secret, like, basic stuff, and then after he f- fled to the north, because, you know, it's the same thing. There's no mm-hmm. internet, so there's no good crime either, so, like... Right. <laughs> I mean, there's no good policing either, so, like, if you escaped, like, you were gone, no one knew where you went. So, like, if the slaves could escape with the Underground Railroad or just whatever way they could, mm-hmm. then, yeah, they could get out. The South will start sending people up to turn them back in and bring it back, but... That's a different thing. But basically, what would happen is these people would write these stories and explain, this is what slavery is like for me. Like, my, I was born without my parents, so I was born and separated from them immediately. Um, and I grew my, my entire life just working and being beaten and just having no hope, right? Mm-hmm. And so the people in the North would read this and be like, geez, like, this is not... Well, this is, they don't seem to be very happy. They don't seem to just be working for, you know, a little bit in exchange for housing and stuff. It seems like they're being forced into this in a terrible and inhumane way. So that really started a lot of people who weren't, wouldn't otherwise be involved to get involved. And so then throughout history, the same thing would happen on a larger scale in the 60s and then, you know, an even larger scale today we're talking about where now it's pretty hard if you have actually the internet to not see these things going down. So, yeah, you're definitely right. There's definitely an upward trend of people being able to join in the fight and really understand it mm-hmm. and there's also less and less people who are prejudiced too so that right. makes a larger group of people to pick from to actually totally. be able to do that and um, like in understanding like even in more specific things this is a segue like into white privilege so i everybody i think in our family we have i'm pretty sure we have an all-white family except for our um our uncle and my mom's current boyfriend. Everybody else in our family is white, and I think that we're all pretty educated on the idea of white privilege and the privilege that we, like, get and experience from being white people. Yep. But some people um, don't understand this, and they abuse this, and this is um, leading into two YouTubers, um, one YouTube channel, but these two twins... The Stokes twins, who I believe aren't white, but they are definitely white passing. Um, I don't know if that. I don't know them, but. Right, I'll. I know. Right, um, they did this prank in quotation marks, for YouTube where they dressed up in all black and ski masks and had bags of like fake money running away from a bank, because they thought that would be mm-hmm. funny. Obviously, it was not, and I think anybody with common sense would know that not to do that um and well and (laughs) they were trying to you know keep going with their pranks so they you know tried to get into this uber that they called and the guy who was in there was like no get out get out so they ended up leaving but the the people didn't see them get out of the car so the bystanders like called the police they're like hey this car of this license plate like just drove away and they have like bank robbers in them you know and the guy who was driving the Uber, this innocent Uber driver, was held at gunpoint for, like, being this getaway car for these bank robbers. And after that, the police came up to the twins, and they were like, you can't do this, like, this isn't okay. Like, and then they they left, and they were, like, laughing at the guy getting held at gunpoint and then laughing about getting away with it, and then did it again. Mm-hmm. They're now facing, like, four years in pr- prison and, like, heavy fines, which is good. The twins? Uh-huh. But that's crazy. Like, they were able to do that and get away with it. Like, you know, they always have to 
you know, give money and they have to spend some time in jail, possibly, though. Um, but these innocent black men and black people are being shot for doing absolutely nothing of criminal whatever. Like, there's not, they're not doing anything. They're, yeah. like, getting water. They're walking outside and they're getting killed by police. But when these, um, these twins do this, like, perform this whole act of them doing a very serious crime, get somebody else held at gunpoint, but get away with it. It's just yeah ridiculous. All right, well, he's here, so I'll come back with my thoughts on that in one minute. Okay. We'll take a brief intermission. Yep. Okay, we're back. Nate has received his package or whatever it was. Um... So we left off talking about the Stokes twins. We kind of ended that. Like, just it's just ridiculous what happened. And any any grown adult, because they're 23 years old, both of them, should know not to do that. Yeah, I mean, they were doing a prank, and a, like a stupid prank, you're right. And what the real focus, I think, should be on what happened to the Uber driver and to the other man. Um, I was getting my wall, by the way. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but, um... <laughs> So, I mean, it just touches on, you know, you're touching on a ton of issues right now, which is basically the quickness of a lot of police officers to sort of condemn and judge someone. I'm assuming the Uber driver wasn't white, because that would make sense with the story. No, the Uber driver, I believe, was Hispanic and had a darker complexion of skin. Yes, because, I mean, you're talking about white privilege, so I would assume that that would right. play into it. Um right. I'll look into that, though. But, either way, whether or not, even if this Uber ever was white, like, there's plenty of other instances in which, um, this happens, right? Where it's, like, basically just, you know, the cops will go up to the kid, instead of thinking these kids might have actually robbed this bank, they, they know, like, oh, he's a prank, and then they, they assess it based on that, but with that guy, instead of saying, he's an Uber driver, he doesn't have any control of who asked for an Uber, like, maybe he just pulled up and then didn't let them in, like, um, right. they assume he's lying or something like that and there's plenty of stories like that you could tell heartbreaking stories about people thrown in jail put on death row for years and years because of they just assume yep he's probably guilty and they Mm -hmm. and then it it comes down a lot of times to um you know unconscious bias what we're saying which is like they the cop might not some some cops might just be complete assholes and say like i don't like this guy because he's a minority and he probably even if he didn't do this, he probably did something. You know what I mean? Like that's like right. some people are like that. They're just terrible people. But some people are like they're not consciously thinking that. They just that is the reaction that they have without even knowing it, which is like mm-hmm. really hard to sort of explain to someone and like really hard to get across. But it's kind of like you just because of countless news stories that just talk about black criminals even though white people commit more crimes than black people because there's tons of white people compared to black people like mm-hmm. they, they don't you know they don't put pictures of white people on on the news for murdering people stuff like, like there's been stories about that how the, the disproportionately reports crimes about black people and they make it sound they use different you know, worse language and they use so like mm-hmm. over time you know policemen are, are people too they also you know they they're that's not you know the blue lives matter thing it's like they're not actually blue lives they're just people who no are it's cops. a blue shirt on, not yeah, a blue life. yeah like um so they come home at night and watch the news right they you know they're normal people too so they have their own biases and stuff and they 
if you see that all the time in the news, then without me even thinking it consciously in your head, if you see a black guy driving a car, you might be like, you know, those things will flash in the back of your mind, and then you'll want to question that guy, even if you didn't mean to, like, be racist, or you didn't mean to profile him like you did at the end of the day. And you can see that because all, like, you know, there's so many obvious statistics where it's like, you know, black people are 30% of the population, but they get, you know, arrested traffic stops many times more than white people. They get all these things. You can look at the statistics, and it's always multiple times higher than white people, even though it shouldn't be. And so you have to assume at some point there's got to be a reason for that, right? Like, you have to be able to understand that. Right. The reason that prison populations are very, very, very overwhelmingly majority minority right? In mm-hmm. a lot of places. It's like, even though they're this tiny piece of the country and just as many people that are white commit crimes, but they aren't filling up the prisons. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has to do, for me, it has to do with two things. It has to do with racial profiling and by the judges and by the cops and you know what I mean? It also has to do with um, money, which has a strong racial correlation because right. of discrimination and racism and slavery and all these things that over history has just made it much much harder for families of color to to, yeah as a generalization obviously there's very successful black families right Mm -hmm. but that's something that a lot of people who are deniers of white privilege will point to and be like just look at this person or that person but it's not true it's the vast majority of black people have had it much harder than the the vast majority of white people Mm -hmm. because of history and because of their skin color right right and then people will say oh well I had a hard life. I'm white. It's like, yeah, there's there's right, there's it, white people living in a tree apartment. But it usually wasn't because you're white. You it was because yeah, but it's basically your life was hard, but you didn't have the added part of your skin color being a problem too. Exactly. So exactly. this is like when when someone doesn't understand white privilege, something that I've thought of to try to explain it is more like, I don't know. I feel like you could be like the idea of privilege. It's not necessarily a privilege, right? It's not like white people are treated better than they should be treated it's more like it is in some sense but it's more that minorities are treated worse than they should be treated you know what i mean uh-huh. it's not like like that's how it should, instead of saying like white people are the standard or i'm saying you know minorities are the standard and white people have it above them it's more like white people are where it should be and everyone else has it worse so it's right, like, like that's have... how you have to explain it to some people because they can't understand that it's not like you were given something it's that you weren't given something bad it's not like you were given something good it's that you weren't given something that could hurt you in life right it's like if there are three levels there or no like there are three levels i guess there's like people who are treated better than the average person better than they should be people who are treated worse than they should be and in the middle there's people who are treated the way that they should be so on these levels there's like i guess like people who aren't part of any minority or just whatever on the top level but that's few people then the majority the of rich, people the really rich people are treated right, better and they should probably, be right <laughs> but then um, yeah the middle class and lower class white people are treated as you should be it's like if you know what i mean like you just you shouldn't be, have any undue burden on mm-hmm. yourself right and like in the middle level it's like white people because of privilege at least most of them again generalization Mm -hmm. and on the bottom level people who are treated worse than they should be is people of color and other minorities yes and and the bottom bottom is very poor people of color minorities which who need the most help who obviously obviously, who get the worst and like so that's what um, it comes down to 
the immigrants who are like kept in cages and stuff and like all of that like yeah. treated way worse like treated like animals rather than humans. I heard this horrible story, um, where there was a man who he came here from Colombia. I want to say where mm-hmm. or maybe Bolivia. I want to say somewhere in somewhere in South America, where the where the there was gang violence and it was terrible and like he feared for his life like he'd seen friends of his murdered and dropped in the road in front of him like stuff like that and he was like i gotta get out of here right through no fault of his own you didn't choose to be born into this violent place right right so then he says i'm gonna make this terrible journey that most people could not do like he went he walked he basically walked hitchhiked all the way up through mexico and learned a mexican accent because they usually the coyotes coyote you know what a coyote is it's -hmm. someone who sneaks people across the border Mm -hmm. they get like that's their job is sneaking people across the border right so they'll you know they'll have a truck they'll be someone who goes across the border to get some product right and then they'll you know keep people in the back of the truck like under something try to sneak them through the border in their in their car right Mm -hmm. like the coyote or in some way so he found a coyote and like i'm pretty sure i think the reason is that coyotes usually help mexican people Mm mm-hmm I, th- I think that I might be wrong and that you can right. fact check me later but either way he had to like learn a Mexican accent and try to get through with this coyote he spends so long in the back of like a, in a little hatch in like the back of a truck pretty much in like the trunk of a car and ends up in Florida like think about it he's walked all the way to Mexico and then gets in a car crammed in there to Florida for with nothing right he gets out within two days has a job um at a golf course cutting down tree limbs um like, that's pretty strong work ethic right there. Like, that shows a lot about a person, that they're willing to do that for a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, he then gets hired by someone... Uh, I forget what he does. Oh, I think it was in the kitchen. He was watching. He was, like, a dishwasher working in the kitchen or something. Someone was like, I like your work ethic. I'll pay you more, maybe, or something. And he went to work for this guy. Um, and then, basically, he lived in a trailer, right? And mm-hmm. one day he was coming home. And he, like, saw something suspicious or something in the trailer next to him, and he, and he went inside, and the it was a woman, um, an elderly woman, like, a mom, and then she had, like, a daughter who was, like, my age or a little older than me, mm-hmm. and, like, the mother and the grandmother were dead. They'd been, like, brutally stabbed by someone, and he walks in on this, um, and he's, like, freaked out. He doesn't know what to do, but he's been around violence a lot, so he knows to check her for to see if she's alive the woman who'd been stabbed i think i don't know if the i think the grandmother had been stabbed but the woman had been stabbed like an ungodly amount of times not that one time is fine but like she was right. a lot right so uh-huh. it was a bloody scene but he knew to check her see if she was alive right but he got her blood all over him he saw the grandmother also dead and then he was like gonna call 911 but then he realizes i'm an illegal immigrant i barely speak english i have their blood on me they're never gonna believe me that i'm not the one who just killed these people he, like, found the knife, too, and picked up the knife, so his fingerprints are on it. He's like, there's no way they're going to believe me. And so he freaks out and, like, you know, did, he throws the knife in his backyard and takes his bloody clothes off and leaves them on the top of his trailer. And then um, the cops ask him some questions, eventually, when they figure out about the murders, and he just says he doesn't know anything. And then he was talking to one of his friends, and he was like, this is America, right? Like, I should just go tell him what happened and, like, try to get him to solve the case. And then they are like, no, you don't know America, like you gotta get out of here, you you gotta get out of town, like, they're not gonna, and so he says, no, I'm gonna do it, like, I'm gonna do the right thing, and tell them what I know, and so 
he goes and does it, and they arrest him, and they question him, and then they find the evidence at his house, and they convict him and put him on death row, right, mm-hmm. for years. And then the guy who's investigating it, um, the lawyer, civil rights lawyer for him, he finds out that the, the daughter of the woman mm-hmm. apparently has like a, a disorder where she gets extremely violent and explodes. She was on record after like being put in a mental hospital saying like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to oh. kill you so much to like your parents when I get out of here. And she said that she was sleeping over at her boyfriend's house that night. She wasn't home and that she got a strange feeling about her. And so they sent her boyfriend to check on them in the trailer. And that's how they found out. I'm pretty sure. But so then they get this evidence that it's mounting that it's like, you have no, no evidence. You know, you, you have the knife and the clothes, but he already gave you an explanation for that. So you have no reason to believe that's not true. And we have this other person who makes a lot more sense that they'd kill these people, right? Uh-huh. But for ye- for a long time, they wouldn't let this guy off. He was in there for years and on death row for not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Probably because he's a minority and he can't, def- you know, not only can he not really speak the language too well to defend himself, but, like, he just, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, these cops probably thought, oh, this guy did it. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're not going to get rid of it. So it's like, with those cases, there is a racial element to it, right? There is like a xenophobic or sort of just like an ignorance element to it, right? But right, it's not. Sure. But it's not the same thing as overt racism where they were like, oh, well, this, this guy is, you know, Colombian, so screw him. They didn't, you know what I mean? The cops didn't say that. So that's the problem with today's system is, since it isn't so obviously racist, like in terms of like language, you, don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's, they don't, they say that it's supposed to be equal, but, um... Mm-hmm. It's it's not right, but it doesn't. But you can kind of hide it. It's the color blindness. That's what I was reading in the book, The New Jim Crow, which is a very good book. You should read at one point. Uh-huh. I, um, I'm pretty sure it's in this room right it's now. It's in my room, I think, because I just read oh, okay. it. But, um, <laughs> but basically, it's like yeah. The problem with color blindness, like with Jim Crow, like no one can deny that it's racist, right? Because sure. Jim, because it just says if you're black, then you can't do this or this. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like obviously based on race. But with these new laws and with you know sentencing, making crack versus cocaine you know you ever heard about that no well crack cocaine and crack are like it's the same chemical except crack is a different form so you can smoke it right instead of instead of doing through your nose so like those are the same drug except white people disproportionately use cocaine the normal way and then black people disproportionately use crack right Mm -hmm. because it's just that's how it panned out but so then you know coincidentally in quotes um crack you know has an eight times higher sentence than cocaine, even though they're, like, the same thing, right? doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. except for the fact that black people use crack more than white people, right. so then they throw more black people in jail for doing that. So stuff like that happens, where it's like, well, if you look at the law, it doesn't say anything about being black or white. It just says and if you use this... And that's the excuse, because yes. they know that people will... will yeah, that's what we're saying. That. That's what's so dangerous about this current sort of incarceration and privilege system. It is not as obvious as slavery or Jim Crow, but it's just as effective at you know there's more people in jail than were ever enslaved in the u.s i think as a statistic and a lot oh, yeah. most we of those have people a terrible prison system yeah terrible we have like 25 percent of the prisoners in the world are in the united states but we're like eight percent of the world's population think about that it's just if there's one in four people in prison in the entire world think about how many people are in india and china all those countries one in four prisoners in the whole world are in the u.s uh-huh we're just a little country don't leave a third of a billion <laughs> um that's it's just crazy you have a ton of people and you know you could, you could talk for years about the histories of that stuff, and I don't know too much about it. I'm starting to educate myself a lot, but um, 
Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff um, happens with white privilege because you just, you know, if that guy was white and he was just, he might have been like, look, I had nothing to do with this. Or what would have probably happened was he would have called the cops immediately. That's what people forget. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you you can kind of explain it away. Some people would try to explain it away. would be like, well, look, he had a knife with his fingerprints and bloody clothes and he was their neighbor. Like, that's pretty suspicious. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably going to be the suspect number one, no matter what race he is. But what they're forgetting is he didn't call the cops because he thought they wouldn't believe him, right? So, like, if it was a white guy, he probably would have called the cops immediately and been like, there's a murder in this thing. And they would have been like, would you see anything, hear anything? And then that's it. They wouldn't have investigated them anymore, probably. But uh-huh. he didn't think that was going to happen because that's... He got unlucky because of everything that happened. It would really look like it was him and with the added idea yeah. of the racism. Yes, you're right. But it's it's more like he should... Like he If he was white and he didn't have to worry about that, he probably would have just called the cops in the first place, mm-hmm. which probably wouldn't have led to as much suspicion as, he, as mm-hmm. him saying he didn't know anything and then coming back and saying this story. So... Um, but what that what that touches on, I don't know, I feel like I'm talking a lot, and I want to give you some time to talk. No, it's okay. But, um, what that touches on for me is the, you know, the effect of racism and police brutality on black people, even, no, just the emotional effect, mm-hmm. let alone the physical. So, what, what I mean is, like, statistically, you know, there, there, isn't, there hasn't been that many black people, unarmed black people, killed by the cops in terms of, like, sheer numbers you know what i mean like it's not like there's a there's a thousand of them a year it's like you know like we hear about these terrible cases right and so that's what people will say that are like police brutality is fake it's like look there's barely been any cases it's like but what you have to look at is what about the fact that any black person even if even if they can be relatively sure that it won't happen to them Mm -hmm. they still have to go around every day thinking when I see a cop like that might happen to me when like I don't think that when I see a cop like you know what I mean I don't think like they might come over here and we, we might have a misunderstanding like and they might kill me like you know what I mean you don't think right. about that and you know what I mean like I don't want to discredit the the you know the police brutality it's a very mm-hmm. real thing it happens all the time we don't hear about all the stuff that happens you know what I mean that's not what I'm trying to say so I'm not trying and... to minimize it I'm just <laughs> trying to say even if it doesn't happen to you directly you're still worried about it and that takes a real toll on people you know what I mean to have to think uh-huh. Yeah, like, this could happen to me and this because of my skin color when I don't have to think that. Like, that's another example of white privilege. It's like, th- you don't have to think about these terrible things as much because of your race. It's one less thing, at least. Like, you might have, a, you know, a slew of other things you can think of that you're worried about every day, but that just takes one thing off the list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in the words, I'm pretty sure, of Will Smith, the racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed for people to see. Yep. We're noticing it more. Speaking of Will Smith, so mm-hmm. Nate, I don't know if you heard about this because this was something that happened well, prominently on. on, right? Which I I like that's I like alleged, right? Weren't they? I'm pretty sure they were in an open relationship, so that like wasn't even. Well, I don't know about that. I've never heard any. Like, I don't want to. I don't. I really don't know anything about their. That's for the that's not the main. Team. That's yeah. not the main point. Um, and the internet boys. Mm-hmm. Like people your age, maybe a few years younger or older, decided that it was time to get revenge for Will Smith. So they went around and harassed every girl they knew from like their school or that they made friends with on the internet, like to the point of like making them delete their social media accounts and like have breakdowns and stuff and like, you know, other terrible things. So, um, there's so, there's so much to unpack here. 
The first thing is, why do they think that harassing women is going to get revenge for Will Smith? Like, what do they think he's going to do? Be like, oh, yeah, thank you for, like, harassing women when I have a daughter that I care about and don't want that kind of thing happening to her. Like, thanks for doing that because I allegedly got cheated on. Like, he doesn't even know who you are, let alone, like, he is a feminist and he would not want people doing that. Um, and it's just ridiculous. Like, it's, and then it's the same people who complain about, like, the generalizations about men. You are very specifically generalizing about women and acting on that generalization to harass them. Yeah, it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't make any rational sense. Um, they're just angry and they just, a lot of those people, I think, they just have, they're just misinformed in terms of they don't really understand what feminists are talking about. And, like, what we're saying with this colorblind thing, like, unless you really understand why the system is racist, because you can't just be like, look, it says if you're black, then you get this, and if you're white, you get this. Like, it's pretty night and day. Um, instead of that, they say, um, you know, I mean, it's much, no, I'm saying it's much harder to understand so I feel like a lot of those people are just, they don't really get the whole, you know, women's problems thing. So they think women don't really have problems, they're just complaining. And so then when something like this happens, then they take it as an opportunity to express their little point of view. And it's stupid. It's the same thing with All Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter and stuff like that. Straight pride. It's like, they're just, they don't just really get what they're talking about. They're just really ignorant. And, and they refuse to educate themselves. Is the well, of issue. course. Of course. That's, I mean, if they would, then they wouldn't be those people but um basically i just think that yeah it comes down to really just gotta from a younger age educate people because once you get locked into your beliefs like even if you know there's like a lot of evidence that if you tell someone something that's in contradiction to what they believe it makes them believe it more it makes them double down uh-huh. and be more be harder to change your mind so and it's like it when you present someone with facts and stuff yeah or you know when you present if you present someone who really likes Donald Trump because they don't pay attention to anything except for the things that praise Donald Trump, if you tell them, look at this, look at this, this stuff you've never seen before because they don't talk about it on Fox News, then they just say, they just don't care. You know what I mean? Even if it's clear and obvious and, like, easily provable, there's, like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think, I forget the percentage, but it's a huge percentage of Trump supporters, like, said there was absolutely nothing he could do that would make them not vote for him. So it's like, well, at that point, that's like I, a cult. <laughs> like, that's like, you don't even... No, they literally are a cult. I, I have a video that I can show you later, and it's this guy who literally has seven different Trump flags, and his entire room is covered in Trump stuff, making a video about Trump. Like, if you... You cannot tell me yeah. that that is not, like... A cult, or that is not like. Yeah, it's very, it's crazy. very, it's getting very cultish. The Trump, the hardcore Trump sycophants. That's the word you would use for someone who's a very mm-hmm. hard follower. Someone that's a sycophant. Yeah, it's they, they don't care. Facts do not change their opinion of him because they already have a preset belief, and it doesn't just happen with Trump supporters. It happens with a lot of people, but um, mm-hmm. that's a good example of it. Like it's, I, I like like Trevor Noah and mm-hmm. the Daily Show and stuff. Have yeah. you seen these? Jordan Clark. Yeah, well, those are at, funny. Those, those are, are really funny. funny. I would recommend those. If you haven't seen those and you happen to be listening to this, go watch them. They're really funny. It's this guy, um, Jordan Klepper, who, like, goes to Trump rallies and asks them questions and stuff, and then, like, you know, doesn't make it clear, like, that they're supposed to, like, be um, showing how dumb they are. So just, like, asking them, and then, like, just, yeah. usually, like, reverses them and says stuff, like, you know, that makes them go, oh, like, I guess I kind of sounded dumb. Obviously, they, but they don't care now. Never say I, that. I have a good example from one of those videos where she, where he, um, he asked this woman, like, 
about Obama about his birth certificate because you know that whole story where like people were saying Obama wasn't born in the U.S. They're starting to say it about Kamala Harris now. I'm. Are you? Are we both noticing a pattern there? Yeah, we're I'm noticing a little pattern that. there. Even though, <laughs> even though, ready for another fact, John McCain, a Republican presidential candidate who ran against Obama, was not born in America. He was born in Panama, but he was born in a military base in Panama. So the Republicans don't have anything to say about that. But the only time that this ever comes up is when it's a person of color in the Democratic Party that's trying to get power. A, There's, that's a when black this up. left political yeah. party person. Um, or, or either way, person. either way. Non-white. Um... I'm pretty sure that he was born in Panama. That's what I've heard. Like, I, I don't want to say something that are blatantly wrong. But either way, they only bring it up when it's about a black person on the left. So um, <laughs> either way. So basically, they, he asked this woman, like, what do you think about, like, what, what would it take for you to believe he was born in America? Obama. And she was like, well, like, he was like, well, we have the birth certificate, right? Because like, he, he, he produced the birth certificate, Obama did, because he was sick of all the people. He's like, fine. You know what? Here, look, it's that's my birth certificate. Like, it's I was born in Hawaii. I'm American. So, they're like, well, he was so Jordan Clepper. This woman was like, well, there's the birth certificate. So, like, what else would it take? And she was like, some more hard evidence or like a, or a witness account, right? A witness account of his of his birth. She was he was like, like, so her mom, so his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, she's biased, right? Like, she wants him to be president. So like, she, and so he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So you want to go back and find the doctors? No, so then, that, like, no, so then he says. <laughs> So, like, do you think Trump was born here? And she's like, yeah. He's like, prove it. She was like, well, I think she's like, I just believe. She's like, oh. He's like, well, who's, who was there for it? And she's like, well, his mother. And he's like, well, I thought they are biased. Right? And she's uh-huh. like. No. <laughs> they like, just, she just they go silent. They have nothing to say. They or the, they don't the girl. The, yeah. I, there's, my favorite video of his is, like, this test thing that he does, like, where he, like, pretends to have, like, a test or something, mm-hmm. and there's this one lady who goes, I think that we need to respect all religions, and then he goes, so you respect Christians? Yes. Catholics? Yes. Um, Jewish people? Yes. Is, like, Islam or Muslim people? No. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> hello? So, and then, yeah, and then there's another one where it's, like, um... They were like, oh, well, one, he was like, what would it take for you to not vote on for Trump? And this woman was like, uh, if he cheated on his wife, I wouldn't vote for him. And he was like, well, he did cheat on his wife. Like, here's these court cases where they settled it with this lawyer. And she goes, I don't care. He, well, he didn't do it while he was president, like, so I don't I'm, care. Like, I never understand okay. women or anybody that isn't a straight, cis, white, older male supporting Trump, like, for so many reasons. But, like, for women... Like, he like, literally has sexually harassed women so many times. The biggest enemy of the women's movement is other women, right? Isn't, didn't you say that to me or someone? Where it's, like, women who are pro-life and who do these stuff, like, they have... Right, because they think that they... Because, like, oh, they're women, so my opinion still... I mean, it, it, I guess, technically, yes, it does matter. But, like, you still can't control other people's bodies. Yeah, and it's just, like... Or they're just acting against their own interests. Like, one one woman said, like... I don't want a woman to be president in one of those videos, right? He was like, but you're a woman. like, And she was like, he was like, you're just acting against your own interests. She's like, yeah, you're right, I am. She like, doesn't care. It's like, <laughs> it's what it, what it really is is internalized self-hatred, right? Well, that's what, like, part of it is, like, right, and throughout time. Right, internalized misogyny. They, yeah, same thing. Internal misogyny, that's the word. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> they just, you know, throughout time they've been told women are inferior and you've got to stay in your place and they've internalized and they believe it. And so they think, you're right, women shouldn't be president. And it's like, 
it's sad. And they it's always sad bring on up, some level. Cause it's they like, always bring up the war thing and being emotional. Like, I don't understand that. Like, I don't think... Like, I think people ha- have to have, like, actual mental illness to, like, just start a war because of something going on. Like, a lot of times people can't even tell women are on their period or being emotional because they be, don't act like that. You just have this false narrative of women going crazy when because they are more hormonal, which, like, I just don't... Like, maybe maybe during puberty, but a lot... But the woman who would be presidents would be over the age of 35. Yeah, and just because so. you're... It's, it's more just because you're a man doesn't mean that you're, like, gonna be less emotional than a mm-hmm. woman because you don't have your period. Like, there's plenty of men out there, exactly. like Donald Trump, who do not have the emotional <laughs> strength to be the president of the United States and who do not have the integrity no, he, to not start No, he doesn't have war. anything that... Like, besides... I would much, I'd much rather trust a, a random woman off the street, probably, than Donald Trump to be the president at this point. But like, I, think I, so... I think I would trust our cat more than Trump to be president. <laughs> Penny for president? Uh-huh. Not, she has to be 35. No, she's probably years. that old in cat years, right? What is, is there other well, thing as cat years? No, she's... How... She's four... four... No, she's, she's, she's four 20... She's about to turn... 28? Wait, seven Is it times. the same as dog she's, years? No, she's about to turn 35. September 16th, she turns 35 in cat years. So, Penny will be running for president in the 2020 election. Yeah, she'll be a really late candidate. She'll be a third party. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the um, kitten party. Right. Um, so, there was that. Um, a lot of other stuff. Uh, related to misogyny is always happening on the internet. Like, I was just talking with my aunts, mm-hmm. or, or our two aunts. <laughs> our aunts, yeah. <laughs> um, on their podcast, we talked a little bit about feminism and how that... The Passionistas, you went on mm-hmm, that? The Passionista Project, pod, what, I don't know what it's called, I should I really ask on them. Instagram, yeah. Uh-huh, right. Um, but, you know, there's oh, you're always going to see tons of misogyny on the internet. And as well as homophobia and racism, because people don't hold back on the internet. Yeah, they aren't scared sort of, of what people do because anonymity. People, and because you, you just right. don't know one knows who you really are. Even mm-hmm. though it's stupid, because it's honestly less anonymous than in person. Because in person, there's no evidence. You know what I mean? Like you could say the most fucked up thing to someone ever, but then te- five seconds later they have no proof you said it. You say I didn't say it. But if you say it on the internet, it's like less. I don't understand. People are like, oh, I'll say something dumb on the internet where it's going to be permanently uh-huh. saved versus saying it to someone in a bar where it's like this. I don't get, not that, like, I want them to say it to someone in person, but, like, can't find I don't understand that logic people, in their head of, oh, the people, internet's safer. It's people like, can't uh, hack a piece of paper with your handwriting on it that yeah. says, people like, can't, yeah, they can barely even the N-word on it word. when you're a white person, but they can hack your internet account when you post that on Instagram. Yeah, or they can just like, see it. And not to give people ideas. Don't do that kind of thing in person or online. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's but, what I'm saying. Don't, that doesn't mean you should do it in person, but it just, it like if, if that's if you if you made the calculation let's, that the internet's let's safer, leave the, let's leave them in the dark for that. Yeah, let's not. I don't think any of them are going to listen to the this podcast. I would. I would venture, no, I don't think because it's mostly people that we know, and I'm ninety. I don't think they listen to pod, political sure. podcasts. From the no, t- obviously not. No matter what. No matter <laughs> what they are. Um. But. Yeah. Uh. Another. And, oh, there was something else I want to talk about related to the internet, and I'm trying to think of what it was. Do you have anything else that you can think of? Um, no, I don't. I can't. I mean, plenty of things, but related to what you're saying, not not off the top of my head right now. Um. Um. Well, I mean, there. 
I watch this YouTuber, and mm-hmm. he is this transgender man. His his, um, you YouTube. Like he was account. born a, a female, or he was born a male. They, male, because he's a transgender man. He was fully transitioned. Oh, that's so. When you say transgender man, that means they uh, started so, out as a male. No, a transgender man is somebody who is transgender and is a man because they are transgender. So okay. if you say, a tr- I'm a because tr- you wouldn't want to, that would be invalidating yourself by saying I'm a trans woman when you're a trans man. Yeah, that would be right. calling yourself a woman. You're so right. you would say like, I'm a trans man or I'm a trans woman or I am a yeah, trans Yeah, that's, that's what I thought it was. The, uh-huh. the way you said it confused me for a sec. But anyway, continue. Uh-huh. Um, and he makes these YouTube videos where he like, you know, does stuff related to LGBTQ+. He's also bi. He's a bi trans man. And he has the series like looking into subreddits of like, the straights are the straights okay or are the cis people okay and for the cis people one there are like gender reveals are problems in and of themselves and i'm pretty sure the woman who like created gender reveals her oh my gosh i don't want to say this daughter maybe daughter or their child ended up being transgender so that was kind of weird that that happened kind of yeah, coincidence but you know whatever um and they have, like, these cakes, and there was one of them that was all pink and had, like, fake glitter on it, and one that was all black and had, like, blue lines on it. It was, like, guns. Yeah, you told me about this. Or, or, or bows. The other day. Yeah. What? You're, yeah, like, that's just You're a, going to have a child, not a gun, stereotype. and it's not a yeah. bow. Yeah, people Or, are. like, like gendered, like, signs, that kind of thing. There, was, there are ones that are, like... um. A high heel and like a bear. Like I'm pretty sure we have men and women using er, and <laughs> non binary people using the not bathroom. Shoes and not giant <laughs> not shoes and animals. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean I just they just think like they just don't really care or don't really understand that like it's sort of harmful like, that's to a just kid so to say like ridiculous. you have to do this if you're a boy and this if you're a girl. Like they don't you know what I mean? They don't think there's anything wrong with it, probably. If I also, guess. like, I don't care, like, aside from the gender thing, like, I personally would never assign my child a weapon, or... Yeah, over, well, like, that's, my... that, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> right! Yeah. Especially with something like a Choose gun. Choose a gun, like, alright, like, wow. I, I mean, that, yeah, that sounds like probably the most Texas conservative thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> or, like, um... Like, burnouts or something, or, like, tires for the boys. Like, what? What? Like, I just don't understand that. Like, it just doesn't they make just... sense to me. Or, and then, like, yeah. like the and it's gender reveals, like, typically also enforce the idea of, like, gendered colors and that kind of thing with the pink and blue. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. you should reveal the gender of the baby by telling people, oh, I'm going to have a female baby, or, oh, I'm going to have an intersex, or, oh, I'm going to have, which is rare but can happen that's why they're and that's a whole nother situation explaining the difference between gender and and sex and sexuality and stuff and intersex and all of that um or i'm having a male baby that is how you should reveal the the sex yeah it sounds a little weird but i mean it's right it's it's the right way (laughs) we talked about this before um don't you can still call it a gender reveal don't call it a sex reveal because i don't think people would want people i I wouldn't go to a sex reveal that's i think what i said i would not if i was invited to one um (laughs) so don't don't do that yeah don't do that just or just like 
I don't know. It's like what it really is is that because of the norms, it becomes a really important thing. What it's like what I'm saying. It's like people care if their kid is a male or a female because that ma- because they think that matters for what they do. Also, that's usually how they base the way they decorate their room and the clothes that yeah, they get exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's there's two two things. Giving into gender stereotypes that. again. Part two. It's, <laughs> the, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's but um. Yeah, it's like you have like these. They think, oh, it, it, it shouldn't matter. I mean, you shouldn't need to have a. I was like, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say you shouldn't have a gender reveal party anyway. But then I was like, well, people care. And I was like, well, why do they care? This is all in my head just now. Why do they care? <laughs> because they think it really matters. Because it's like, but you know what I mean. It should eventually get to the point where it's like, cool. Like, you know what I mean. Like, whatever. Your baby's a male. Like, congrats. Like, doesn't really tell me anything about it. Other than the like, sex I don't, like, like, I don't know anything about this, tells about the, this tells child about other biology. than that they have a penis or they have male genitalia. Like, thanks for telling me. Like, yeah. glad I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> they are males. Like, okay. I mean, it should get Wait, to the point where it doesn't really matter. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't determine what they're going to do in life. You know what I mean? It doesn't determine how they're going right. to interact with people, right? But I don't know. It's kind of, I think it would take a lot to get to that point. Like, that I seems think... like a very, very woke culture thing that... Uh-huh. happen down the line where people would right really redefine sort of gender norms and stuff what mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> um no yeah the, the gender reveals are definitely problematic to say the least sure but um yeah i think that's pretty much gonna bring us to a close for today um thank you for listening thanks Yep, thank yeah. you guys, and thanks for having me again. It was very fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun too. I'm glad to um, be part of fresh edition number two, not number one. <laughs> the sequel. All right. Um, to a long podcast. With history. that being said, um, thank you for listening to the Fresh Ones podcast, and we will see you next time. Bye.